Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This episode is with Corey Keen of Keen Ramps. And this was a really cool episode to me for a very specific reason. He talks about the middle part of the journey. He is now the owner and founder of a very successful skateboard ramp company, Keen Ramps. And he talks about the origin story a little bit, but something that's never talked about as much as I'd like is the middle part, like the grind of creating something successful, getting through the early days, but then the challenges that come with the business of once you've proven the concept and once it's going, there's always new challenges, there's always new level ups, there's always new things that you have to face and understand. And he talked a lot about that in the most hopeful, inspiring way. Just a lot of wisdom in what he shared. So it was so cool to have this conversation. I don't think I've ever had somebody on the podcast that broke down this topic the way he did so well. So I think anybody, no matter if you're interested in skateboarding or not, will really get a lot out of this and enjoy it. If you do, if you like this specific episode, if you've been liking the entire podcast, something that you can help me do for the Where Are All My Friends journey is grow it just by subscribing. That really does help so, so much. So if you're down to take a second right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on whatever platform, just hit subscribe, write a review or leave a comment wherever it makes sense to. That really does help me. And something that I wanna do to thank any of the OG day ones that are doing that right now is I just made some merch. I'm gonna start a Patreon for the podcast in a little bit, but I just made these postcards. I'm really stoked. And uh, anybody who does subscribe right now, send me a DM, let me know, and I'll mail you a postcard with a little handwritten note for free, just as a legit thank you. So there it is. I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I will be back next week with another. Where are all my friends? We're back again. And this is a cool one because I love when this happens. I love when a mutual friend connects people that I don't know yet. And then conversations like this happen. So massive shouts to Ben Lau, the most elusive, low-key, connected person all at once. Uh, he brought us together for this episode. And I really didn't know too, too much. I, I looked at everything you had done. Actually, the reason why any of this started, the reason my friendship with Ben started was I saw him wearing a little Keen Ramps hat when I first oh, met him. And I said, yeah. I like your hat. I like that little kicker. That's, that's so good to hear because when I gave him that hat, I was like, Ben's probably one of those people because he's so connected, he gets stuff from everybody. And I was like, I'm probably going to give him this and he's probably not going to wear it. It's probably not his style. He probably wants to wear some cool car guy hat. But then he was like, dude, I love your hat. I wear it all the time. So I was yep. like, that's awesome. Yep. And that started, that broke the ice when him and I met. And now here we are talking uh, with Corey Keen from Keen Ramps. And I'm hyped to do this episode because something that I've noticed in all of these episodes that I've done, it doesn't matter if it's music, if it's just business in general, entrepreneurial people, skateboarding, cars, there's this common theme of people that have kind of chosen their own path or followed that thing that they're passionate about that's a little bit more like left of center from like traditional careers. And the grit that you develop when you do that and when you chase your passion is kind of universally awesome to me. So I'm really hyped to have you on. And I think that your perspective and your uh, view into business and kind of chasing that journey will be a really interesting one for myself and every listener, 
because I have the feeling there's going to be a lot of parallels, yet it's a totally different industry that I haven't really been able to talk to people deeply on. So thank you so much for joining. I'm really yeah, excited to hear this. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, dude. So right before we started recording, we kind of covered that your origin story has been covered in other press and dope press. Like you've done stuff with the barracks and trans world and all sorts of very cool outlets, specifically in skateboarding. So if anybody yeah. wants to do that deep dive, go check it out. Um, but very briefly for a listener who doesn't yeah, yeah. know, just uh, quickly like who you are, where you came from and those early days. Okay, for sure. Um, yeah, so basically I grew up uh, in Bellflower, California, which is like maybe 15 miles north of Long Beach. Grew up there, got into skating, um, played soccer and skated, had very involved parents that kind of like pushed me to soccer and like weren't hyped on the skating part of it because they were like, those are bad kids. They smoke weed and like have tattoos and yada yada. So like yeah. there was always this pushback on skating. So I would like, you know, lie to my parents and be like on the weekends, like I'm going to go to the El Dorado skate park. And then I, you know, catch a train to like Silmar with my buddies and skate. Yeah. So I just like fell in love with skating and like, it's all I cared about. I like, you know, did it every day after school, skated at night in the driveway, like just loved it. And then, um, I went, I went away to college. Uh, so when I went to college, I went to UC San Diego, went down there first time, you know, living on my own I'm 17 and uh got kind of really involved with surfing like i started skating a lot less i surfed a lot that's just what more people down there were doing and then eventually i found some people to skate with so that was cool um so yeah i did the whole college thing continued to skate um then i graduated uh then i went to sdsu because it was 2008 like peak of the recession um so i i applied to like a hundred jobs i i graduated with a degree in city planning so i was applying for like you know consulting firms and like uh planning divisions of cities and regional planning departments and things like that i didn't get anything i got like two interviews out of those hundred applications that i put out and just God. like you know it was super tough no one was hiring even for uh, city jobs huh yeah even for city jobs they were you know furloughing laying people off all that Damn. So then I was like, I guess I'll just keep going to school. So then went to SDSU, then got a master's degree. Now we're at like 2009-ish. So I've been in San Diego at this point for like six or seven years. And then finally was like, ah, I'm kind of done with San Diego. All my friends like left, you know, went to grad school or went to travel or get a job or whatever they did. And I was like, man, I'm like only one left here. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. So San Diego is funny too. Like I lived there as well yeah. before I moved to LA and it's like the best place to live forever and settle down and be comfortable. But if yeah. you're young and ambitious, it's yeah. like this weird thing where you're like, I know it's perfect. And I know that yep. it's such a good vibe yep. and things are happening, but like there's some amount of sleepiness where you're just like, ah, I have to like find more energy than this. That, that's exactly how it felt. It was kind of like this there's not enough going on, you know, it's like yeah. everybody's kind of too chill. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to be chill right now. I don't want to drink craft beer and listen to reggae. No offense to San Diego. I love it there. It's beautiful. Same. I love North it's County, amazing. Encinitas, La Jolla, like all those places are amazing. But it was just yeah. like, it wasn't right for that point in my life. Yeah. So I was like, I need to go back home, make some stuff happen. So uh, I ended up getting a job in, where was that? Valencia, like out by Magic Mountain. Yeah. So I had this job. It was a transportation planning consulting firm. I was working there. I hated it. 
I had to do uh, impact studies and make charts and graphs and needs assessments for bus companies and rural areas. So they would fly me around and take me to like podunk towns and do these like very gruesome, grueling survey work. It was just not a vibe, like the no. utmost like government boring yeah. job. Yeah, I was not, not into it. So then I ended up thankfully getting laid off and then it was like, all right, reset button. You know, at this time I'm like 23 or something living at home. Don't really have a lot of bills. Like my parents were supportive. They were like, you know, use this time to figure out what you really want to do. I was like, okay, cool. So then I was just, you know, doing little odd jobs. Like my dad has a vending company. I was filling vending machines time to time. Um, I was helping another buddy with like a photo booth business, uh, just, you know, whatever I could like get my yeah. hands on just to stay busy and like be exposed to different things. So then, um, I wanted to start a skateboard instruction company where, you know, you have maybe like a trailer or a van and you fill it full of obstacles and you drive to parks and rec places or basketball court and like put them out. And then all the kids just skate and you have instructors and show them how to do things in like a safe manner. So I was like, that would be cool, you know, cause then you could like, you could replicate it and do it in a bunch of places. Yeah. So I, I had that idea. I like wrote up like this business plan and like a notebook and was like, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This is like the future. And then uh, I looked it up and I found companies that did it. And there was actually one based out of Long Beach, this guy, Adam, who actually is rad and now a friend of mine, but I, I pretended that I wanted to work for him. So I was like, Hey man, I want to be an instructor. And my plan was to like figure out what he's doing and figure out yeah. how to do it better. Learn the, and, learn the juice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I went on this like sort of interview thing and like went to one of his classes and I met him and I really, really liked him. And I was like, man, this dude's from Long Beach. He probably like knows some people that I know. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that dude that just like tries to screw this guy over by making a better company of what he's already doing. And then on top of that, I was like, I'm kind of shy and I don't really want to like be like face to face with like parents and kids and talk and do things all the time. I'd rather like, you know, be in the, in the shadows kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of my vibe. And I was like, okay, I, I don't want to do this, uh, this whole skate instruction thing. So then I was like, I do want to work in skateboarding. I know that for sure. So then I was just like, okay, I could start a debt company. I could start a clothing company. No, no, like nothing really excited me. And I've always been kind of like handy and like build things. Like I built some ramps as a kid and like my parents got their uh, kitchen remodeled and I like, you know, used all that lumber and made like boxes and jump ramps and stuff. And like, I, I always like liked working with tools. Like my dad taught me at a very young age. I was probably like 10 and he was like, here, here's a skill saw, like, like cutting things up. And then, um, at the time I was dating this girl and she had like a, a nephew and his birthday was coming up and I used to skate with him and like, kind of show him how to skate. And so I was like, uh, okay, like birthday's coming up. Why don't I make him a ramp? Then he can get better at skating. And so I made the ramp and everybody was like, yo, that's a really cool ramp. They, they, <laughs> like, everyone thought I bought it. Cause I like, I finished it nice, you know, like countersunk the holes and like sanded the edges and like made it look good. So yeah. It wasn't like, just like the Home Depot plywood ramp yeah, that we all built. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to make it look legit. So then they were like, you should sell those. So I was like, huh? Okay. So then from there posted them on Craigslist and, and still didn't really think it was going to be a business. Like I just posted them on Craigslist to like make money while I figured out the next move. So, you know, I'd like 
buy buy the materials and like make something for like a hundred bucks, sell it for like you know 250, 300. I was like, okay, this is cool, this is fun. And then I started like you know meeting different people that I would sell ramps to, and then. I was like, all right, I'll put flyers at skateboard shops that advertising that I make ramps. So then like that kind of worked. And then I was like, all right, uh, maybe I should make like a Facebook account. Instagram wasn't really popping yet. Yeah. So then, you know, did that and kind of just, this all happened really fast. So I didn't really know what to call it. So I was like, ah, my name, Keen Ramps. Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like, I like, I like my last name and like my dad used it. Uh, he had a vending company called it Keen Vending. Oh, nice. like, yeah. Like the, the name's cool. It's like an adjective for like sharp, uh, yeah. you know, cutting like that kind of thing. I was like, eh, that works. So then, you know, keen ramps and then Facebook and then Instagram. And then, you know, people are like, Oh, you're a company come out to this like community festival, come out to this farmer's market, come here. So like, I just said yes to everything, like anything, anyone threw at me, they're yeah. like, yeah, you want to come to this and pass out some flyers? Like, yes, I'll be there. Like you want to come and do a demo to school and like come to career day. Yes. Like, okay. So I just, you know, said yes to everything. And then, um, before I knew it, you know, I was like, I was making enough ramps that, uh, that my dad was annoyed with all the sawdust I was kicking up at his garage. Cause he has like a boat and some nice stuff. And he was like, yeah, Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should, you should think about finding somewhere. I was like, okay. Like, I don't, I don't have that kind of money to go like lease a building. Um, but I just like looked at what was out there, found a spot, hit up a friend that I met through like a skate nonprofit who had a general contracting company. I was like, Hey, I found this little building. Would you want to split it with me? Like I can't afford it. And so he was down. So then that was like, boom, I got my first like little building to build out of. And then I had like two, two buddies that were like, one was like kind of on unemployment. The other was like working odd jobs. So then they like, they helped me. I didn't have to give them like full-time work just yet. So I was like, all yeah, right, little, it was just like homies. They're yeah. like, yeah, kick me a little money, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, all right, got like three of us. And then we started, you know, doing different jobs, like built a mini ramp at this person's backyard, like built a little like contest course for like some event, like, okay, cool. And then we started like accumulating more stuff and more tools. And then it was like, okay, like I'm, I'm working these guys enough that I should probably like have payroll and okay, I need payroll. I need general liability insurance. Like, okay, yeah. uh, business license, this, that. And then all of a sudden, you know, like within like a year or a year and a half, like it was like a business. It looked like that was all I did every day. Um, so that... Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. super interested in a that, right? Like that's, that is the origin, right? And like, it's, it logically makes sense, right? Like you kind of just followed your gut. You did a good, you made a good product. People wanted it naturally, you know, promoted it. But something that I think is interesting to talk about is once you get to a certain level, like you do have to properly pay your friends and you do have to properly establish yeah. yourself. And in my head, I'm like, you, I'm sure with building ramps, like insurance and like carpentry, like yeah, was that, that's so interesting to me, like that middle part where it's almost like you really have to decide, like, am I going to scale? Is this going to be more than a hobby? And yeah. like that. Yeah. So was that daunting to you? Like, was it terribly annoying? And you were doing all of this in California as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Which in, isn't uh, exactly the, yeah, it's not like the easiest place to establish it, or it's expensive to establish yeah. a business. Yeah, rent's expensive. Uh, minimum wage is higher than other places. Exactly. Uh all, all those types of things. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, it was, 
it was super intimidating. And like every step of the way, I always had in the back of my mind, like not an exit strategy, but I always kind of told myself, this isn't going to work. You know, like it's kind of too good to be true. I can't, I can't like skate and make ramps for a living, but maybe I can, you know? But yeah, it was, it was like, like that 50 50. Like some days yeah. you'd be like, I could fucking do this. Yeah. And then other days, yeah. you're like, what, who, what? No. Exactly. Like, like when I looked into, you know, properly paying people, it was like, okay, you see this, uh, you're going to give somebody 500 bucks for the week. And then after the employer taxes and the social security, and then the workman's comp and workman's comp for something like that we're doing is really high because it's dangerous. Somebody can like cut their arm off with a saw. Yeah. So workman's comp. And because we were new and we don't have a track record even higher. So it was like every hundred dollars of payroll, another 28 for workman's comp. And then, and then the general liability policy, like right off the bat, we shopped around like 15 or 20 of them, even though our revenue was super, super low, they were like, yeah, your stuff's dangerous. Like a kid could break his neck and be paralyzed. You could get sued for like tens of millions of dollars. Right. I was like, okay. So going down that road, uh, the, the insurance policy was, you know, at the time running me like $700 a month. And then it was like, plus all the, like going legit was super intimidating and kind of tempting to be like, I should just keep this small fly under the radar, pay people under the table. But then it was like, you can't do that forever. And then you can't get like the better jobs because if you, you know, if if you do something for like a bigger company, if NBC wants to hire you to build a ramp for like a commercial or the late show or whatever, they're going to be like, all right, you know, you need a $2 million policy and you have to show it. Even like you guys did ramps for complex, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something where it's like, yeah, everybody from that industry came from being scrappy skate kid or doing things under the radar. But then it's like, you don't want to do your homies dirty like that. Like you don't want to get an opportunity, go into somewhere and then be the person that was under the radar. And then something happens. And then you're just like, dude, like you're the guy, like you're the one that caused it. So like, it is that weird, like, I, I really don't know. I'm so interested in that because if you want to scale, if you believe in it, if you want to do all those things right, you kind of have to. Was that just you? Like, did you have anyone else helping you? Or was at the same time that you're scaling a small business yeah. and building these things yourself and mapping out what ramps you're going to build next? Like, are you also like figuring out insurance policies and payroll? Oh, yeah. And, that, um, was, that was all me. Like, like I had two guys, like I said, that kind of worked for me and it was strictly like, you know, they, they built stuff, but then like I made my own website, you know, would stay up till like three, four in the morning, like, Oh, okay. Website. Then I was like, all right, insurance, like all these different things. I, luckily I did have some people to point to like, uh, my parents have always been self-employed. My mom was a realtor. My dad's had his business. And then we have some family friends that have like little, you know, small businesses. So like, I, I did have some people that I could lean on, like, how the hell do I go about this? And they, they helped me out massively. That's um, amazing. You know, like incorporating, I was like, I don't know, how do you do that? And this is before, yeah. uh, what's the big website now? Like uh, legal zoom, legal zoom yeah. before like legal zoom in 2012, maybe it was around, but they were a lot smaller. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad is really good friends with like a CPA and he goes on family trips with them. So then I was like, Hey Rod, what do I do? And he was like, okay, yeah. I got you articles of incorporation filed, pay this, I'm going to handle it. 
Um, okay, here's an, an agent you can talk to for insurance. Boom, boom, boom. So like there was some people that that helped uh, guide me, but yeah. you know, I was always the one like doing the admin, doing the paperwork, doing like the quote unquote accounting. Uh, I didn't yeah. really have accounting for a long time. <laughs> Bookkeeping, whatever you, you want to call it. And the, yeah, totally. also like you know, making logos and making like flyers and that's a lot. Like doing all that. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Like the amount of things, like a lot of times I'll, I'll think of what I'm doing now. And sometimes I, when one of those tasks come across me, like to make a flyer, it's the most daunting thing in the world. I'm like, okay, who can I hire to do that? And back then I did it all and I did it so willingly and I would stay up like all night. And I'm like, how did I have that kind of drive? Was it the age? Was it like, I was just excited about what I was doing Cause like, I'm still fired up about what I'm doing and I'm, I still, you know, work long hours and still like give it my all. But at the same time, I'm just like, that was, that was like some other level kind of shit where I was yeah. just, just laser focused. That's like, I think that there's a lesson in that of like, when you're younger in your career path, like when you're right at that spot where you found your thing, but it's still not anything yet, but like, you just know I think that you can feel in that time that the war, like that everything is a disadvantage and all these people are so far ahead of you. But the advantage that maybe not everyone realizes is the energy and that spark and that willingness to do anything, that scrappiness. Yeah. The, like the more established people don't have that like that. Like there's just something about that grit that you can only have then. Yeah. And it's a huge advantage because you'll do so much. And then later, yeah, yeah. as you're like more established, you're like, oh, there's a person for everything and it yeah. gets easier. But yeah. in that, like that grind is so interesting to me. And I think it's a huge advantage that people don't realize. Yeah, I think being younger was huge because it was like, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have a family. I didn't have like a wife that I had to go home to at like six, seven o'clock and not feel guilty And then it was like, I was living at home with my parents and they were kind of like supportive and like, do what you got to do. You know, like, as long as you're like working and working towards something, like, we'll, we'll help you. You can stay here. Like, okay, that was cool. So I was in this position where like, yeah, I could pull these like weird 20 hour days and just like be all fired up and just do whatever I wanted to do. Like it was, it was really cool. And, and one of the big things that I always like told myself, and it's actually still like a, a narrative in my head of uh, just like never taking no for an answer. You know, you know, like if you're doing something and somebody's like, well, I can't do it because this happened. It's just like, yeah. no, like there's a way around it. Like if, if any roadblock, anything comes up, like whether it's like, you know, financial problems, lawsuits, like whatever it is, just like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm going to be good and I can like bulldoze through it. So like, no is like not an option. And that's like always been in my head. That's sick. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of, uh, I know that like he kind of had the reputation of being an asshole, but Steve Jobs, I was really impressed by, because I think that he always kept a bigger picture in his head was he was just like, this is the final product. Like it needs to be this perfect. It needs to have perfect edges. It needs to have this finish. It needs to work perfectly. And he was making things that really hadn't been made at the time. So people were like, dude, it's impossible. It needs to have a this. It needs to have a that. And he's like, no, it needs to be like this. And I think that it's that it's that thinking bigger than just what you're currently seeing, because it's so easy to get reasonable and to take excuses at face value. 
mm. when you don't have the very big picture. But when you have that vision that like never take no for an answer is necessity. Because yeah. you like you understand. It's like, yeah, I get that this is an issue. I get that traditionally this is a problem. Yeah. That's why we're here is to to fix that and to break that rule. So like, that's cool that you had that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And it was like, really cool how I didn't, like I said, I didn't know that it was what I wanted to do. It's like, I very organically fell into it. Mm-hmm. And I tell like, I'll tell kids that a lot or like anybody that's close to me, that's like, how did you figure like what you're doing? They'll be like, what you're doing is so you, you skate, you build, like you're kind of like gritty and dirty and like, you don't care. And like, yeah, like, what you're doing is so you, and how did you figure out that like, that's what you, you needed to do in this world? Like, and I, and I think everybody has that. And a lot of people just put too much pressure on, you know, fitting into a certain box. It's like, you know, you could literally do anything like, especially in today's day and age with the internet and like all the tools that are at our disposal. It's like, you can sell anything you want, whether it's content, whether it's advice, life coaching, uh, you know, drawing, like any, like anything you can do to, to make money and make a living. It's like, as long as the goal isn't to make money and, you know, per se. Yeah. Well, to add to that, I, I think you're entirely right. And I think it's one of the most exciting times ever to be alive because there's the, all these brand new opportunities to make a career out of, but along with that, there's a new competition where it's like, if you tell somebody like, dude, you can play video games for a living. Damn, who wouldn't want to do that? Dude, you can skate for a living. Damn, who wouldn't want to do that? You can play guitar for a living. Like all of these things are very fun and cool. So it's like, yes, it's available. But if it sounds as cool and fun to you as it does to others, there's probably a lot more other people also trying to do it. So the lesson that I hear in your story is like, yeah, you made it work. And like, you know, like you and I are pretty new acquaintances in it, but like, it does feel like a very you thing and your demeanor. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like you made it work. But I think the thing to really notice there is there, there are these parts in the middle of the journey and there are these struggles that you have to be willing to overcome and to deal with and to put those crazy long hours in. Because what, like yeah. how many years realistically were you kind of blindly having faith or just barely floating it before it like got popping? It was, I mean, at least four or five, you know, crazy. Like in the beginning, it was like, I had a little beat up pickup truck that was 500 bucks. I was splitting that shop's rent. So it was like, my rent was like, like four something, almost 500 bucks a month. So, and then I didn't buy clothes because I was working within skateboarding. So I was like, oh, I'll get all my clothes through my homies. And like, I didn't buy the boards. And then, you know, food, I like was just like eating at mom and dad's and doing whatever I could. And it was, it was like scraping by struggle for like, for years. And even, even when it wasn't, even when there was some money in the bank, it was kind of like, I don't know if this is going to go away. And what if, what if something comes up? I need a cushion. Like, like frugality to the max as much as I could for, for years. Yeah. Because also as it scales, I would imagine it's like, it's not like the first victories. It's not like, cool, you leveled up, you got a higher paying client, you got a this or that. Well, along with that, now you're hiring your friends. And I feel like there's that pressure of like, you have to make sure that they're good before you take something and make sure that like you're rolling all these things back into the business. So there's probably, there's the years of just barely making it work. 
And then there's probably that beginning couple of years of the success, but being so careful to ensure the success that you're rolling it all back into your employees, into the shop, into upgrading things and all of that. So even though it looks better, it's probably still the same amount of personal skating by. Exactly. And that was always tough in the beginning too, because, you know, you're hiring your friends And then your friends think that like, they're going to get a bigger piece of the pie when there is a pie, so to speak. And so they'd be like, well, we did this job, this job, this job. We know that you've got some money in the bank. What the fuck? And I'd be like, well, yeah, that was great. You know, but like some months we go negative. Some months we're like, we're not making any money. We need a cushion. Like we could get hit with a lawsuit. We could get you know, like everything you get robbed or like, you know, the, the forklift could take a shit and then we got to buy like a new $10,000 forklift. It's like, like stuff happens like that all the yeah. time. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, like celebrate the fact that like we had a good couple months, I'm going to act like nothing happened so yeah. that we're, we're in a comfortable position. And then that creates animosity with those friends. And then, um, you know, little falling outs along the way. And then, like there it's, it's been like a pretty, pretty big uphill journey. And I've definitely like, you know, cut a lot of ties. Um, yeah. Well, like, so that all said is like, that's where it's interesting because it's like, yes, anything is possible and you can make your favorite thing that you do, your hobby, your passion into a career. But along with that comes the struggles that you just explained. It's like, right? Like, it's like, literally, you can go and do anything. But like, before you go and do it, are you actually as passionate as you think you are? Because like, all of a sudden, building ramps with your friends and getting to skate every day becomes having to have really hard conversations with your friends and learning all about business and all about boring stuff that is not skateboarding in order to skateboard every day with your friends. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of weird. Like the last couple of years, I've been struggling with that where I find myself doing things I don't want to do. And it's like, I don't, I don't build the ramps anymore. And like, I am so busy, you know, like having phone calls and meetings and invoicing people and and doing all these behind the scene things that like, I don't even have time to really skate anymore. I skate like once every two weeks, maybe I have to like make a really conscious, deliberate decision and effort to like carve out time for skating. And so it's like, okay, now that I've, I've gotten to where I am, I'm, I'm kind of happy with like the growth and progression of the business, but it's like, am I happy with like what I'm doing within the business? And then I always have to remind myself like, well, I mean, I, I started it, I owned it. Like I should just do whatever I want to do. Right. So it's like, yeah. if I don't, if I don't like making invoices, I should probably hire someone to do it. I should know my strong suits. And so that that's been like a really fun thing to learn the last couple of years is just like, what am I good at? What do I like to do? What's best for like the longevity of the company and like what's best for like my mental health uh, for for the role that I perform in day in, day out operations. And yeah. so that's like, yeah, it's been fun. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that because those are all very, very real struggles. And I hear you explaining that and I'm like, yep, every friend that I've talked to that's scaled a business has gone through with that. However... Mm-hmm you still have such this just like chilling, happy demeanor where it's like, it doesn't really like, I don't get the vibe that you're like weighed down and like struggling with this, like on some losing sleep (laughs) level. So how have you found that balance? Like, 
has it i yeah how have you found that balance um a combination of things like recently i've gotten into you know trying meditation and then i you know making myself like skate more so i'm like okay i have to skate at least once a week i have to go to the beach and surf at least once a week i have to call like a friend at least once a day and then like i just started riding my bike to work so now i'm like all right i'm going to try to leave the car at home for a while and then you know ride ride my bike for 4 miles in the morning get those endorphins going burn some calories uh you know whatever it takes so yeah. so just like implementing these little things in my life to make sure that like I'm happy and I'm healthy and that like I can endure higher levels of stress because it's like the the more the company scales the bigger the problems right so it's like the things that happen nowadays and like the mistakes that happen nowadays are you know tens of thousands of dollars where we didn't for for example like we didn't pay attention to overage charges we were getting for things that were shipping through FedEx and then we like went back on the ledger we're like whoa we've lost like 10 plus thousand dollars on these overage charges that they sneak in and it's God. like you know back in the day that would be like crippling crushing news yeah. and then you know nowadays it's like okay it's like a shitty cost of doing business find a solution yeah and, and yeah that's that's so with, uh, yeah and like getting we got hit with a lawsuit it was a two year uh battle against uh intellectual property and trademark infringement with a competitor i'm okay. technically i'm not supposed to talk about it i won't get into it too much yeah we don't we don't need to go yeah, into but, but that's like, just a funny was, concept to me be like somebody's like no our angle was trademark right? at this degree right? and you're like bro it's a ramp exactly <laughs> yeah so that went on for like two years and in the in the pinnacle of that like you know it was really like daunting me and like I got like high blood pressure and I like gain weight and I'm like stressed out and not sleeping well. And then on top yeah. of that, like I'm six figures deep in, in attorney fees. And then like, then, then we're doing like mediation and talking like, you know, 40, 50, $60,000 settlements and all this shit. Yeah. Like, like numbers where you go back to you posting Craigslist ads or handing out yeah. flyers and you're like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. But, but it's nice that, you know, it, it was scaled in like a slow fashion to where I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly getting myself used to those bigger problems yeah. to where like I, my, my threshold now for like stress and, and complications and all that is very high. And yeah. I know it's like higher than the average person. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it's only going to like, it's only going to keep going on and on, you know, like you talk to uh, famous people or CEOs of giant corporations. It's like, you know, people come after them. It's like the, the more fame and success you get, you're just a target. And like, people are going to try to bring you down all the time. And it's like, you just, you just have to like, let it roll off and just be you at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So I have, uh, a uh, heavy question with that. Yeah. Is it worth it? Like here you are now yeah. and you've gone 100%. through it all and you've scaled it. Is yeah, all that BS 100%. worth it? Yeah, 100%. Because it's like, what, what else would I be doing? Working for a consulting firm or doing 
working for a city, like sitting at a planning counter, like stamping and approving plans. No offense to people that do that, that I previously worked with. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if I wasn't doing this, like, what would I do? Or, or maybe if I worked for somebody, okay, I'd probably work within skateboarding. Maybe I would, I don't know, run the warehouse for like a company like Volcom or something. Like, I don't know. And even that, like, I, I wouldn't be fulfilled. I wouldn't have the opportunities that I've had. I wouldn't have the the stories and the experiences and like, like everything I've done um, up until this point, it's like, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I can't imagine it any other way. Like, even if there was an opportunity with like more money or less hours, like, no, like I, everything about what I'm doing has like made me who I am. Like I meet the coolest people all the time. I have the best relationships with people like I can skate with pros. I, I go to celebrities' houses and build ramps. And like last week, like Jack Black bought us all pizza and tipped my crew $600 and gave us a ramp that we built for him. And then like texted me the next day about some skater that he likes on Instagram. Like, like in what, in what world, what other world, like would that be normal? And it's like normal to me now. Yeah. And like going to James Cameron's house and seeing his like bunker with like 3000 pounds of frozen vegetables and his collection of helicopters and tanks and zoos and all that. Like, like, yeah, we went there and we built a ramp at like his Malibu house and his Santa Barbara house. And like, yeah, I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't ask for like any better life and I can't imagine me doing anything else. That is so damn cool to hear because that it's so interesting, right? It's like, you decide the thing you love, you're passionate about it, you chase it, you go through the BS and every step of the way, you have to understand that the BS never goes away. It's just different. Yeah, it's just exactly. different challenges and it just keeps going. And I, I guess you could debatably say that it's heavier and it's harder as you yeah. get, get more successful. But what a great thing to hear that at the end of it, it's like, yeah, cool. It's worth it. Like totally it, along it. with those new challenges are all these crazy new stories and these crazy new opportunities yeah. And that's all you can imagine doing. I, I was talking to somebody recently and the way I, I kind of like chop it up is think about when you do math and you're a kid, right? Like in third grade, the math you were doing at one point was hard. Yeah. But then eventually you do math in like 10th grade and it's geometry or whatever it is. Calculus, algebra two, uh, much more complicated math. And it's like, yeah. Never would have when you were in third grade, you never would have thought that you'd be doing that. But it's like, you know, you took small incremental steps to like to get there. And it's the same thing in like a in a job or owning a business. It's like we're all just constantly evolving and constantly learning. And it's like as long as you have that like open mind and you just know that you're just gonna keep learning and learning, then yeah, you're you're gonna be groomed for like those those huge issue problems and like you're going to know how to like not take that stress home. You're going to know how to like, you know, weave in healthy, like proper outlets to like get it out. And you're yeah. going to, you're going to be able to like compartmentalize like, okay, all that BS is worth it for these reasons. And yeah, it, like I, I love that process. That's, that's probably like my favorite part about doing this is just like being presented with all these problems all the time. I was literally, that was my next question for you. I was going to say, so now that you're at this spot where it's objectively successful, what's your favorite part? Yeah, it's like just uh, 
you know, always being hit with like new challenges and always like optimizing and never being comfortable. Like that, that's, that's like my favorite thing. And And it goes back to skateboarding. It's like, I love skateboarding. And let's say my favorite tricks are Ollie Impossibles and kickflips and pop shove it. If those are my three favorite tricks, I don't want to only do those three tricks. And like what I go to 10,000 skate parks and like, I do those three tricks. No, I want to do more tricks. Yeah. And it's like the same thing in this. It's like, I don't want to build the same ramps and ship them to the same places to the same types of customers. I want to figure out how to, you know, hit other markets and I want to figure out new, new obstacles. Yeah. And I want so to it's figure like- out better and faster ways to do things. I want to figure out like different events that we might be able to do different companies we could collaborate with. Like there, there's so many things like, you know, we're like, I feel like I'm just barely, barely scratching the surface of like what our whole brand could be. And Damn. that's like the funnest part about it. You know? So it's, it's like, like, as soon as you're comfortable, you're excited for the feeling of being uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The same yeah, way that you get your, like, as soon as you learn how to catch your kickflips perfect and you know that you can, like, once yeah. you master the trick, you have that, like, week where you skate it and you, like, do your biggest stair set or whatever. And then you're yeah. like, all right, cool. I have to learn something else now. Yeah. Or, or you want to, like, take that kickflip to a two stair, then a five stair, then an eight stair, then a 12 stair. You know, yeah. it's like the same type of thing. Yeah. It's like you want to get good at one thing and you want to do it better and bigger. Yeah. And it's like, I've never been able to shake that like that. That never goes away. That's so sick. What are some of the things that you think that you could continue to do? Or like, what are, I would say that you've mastered the kickflip of building <laughs> yeah. like that kind of a ramp. Like what gets you excited now? Um, like I said, maybe just doing things in a different way. Cause like right now we build a ramp traditionally. It has three quarter inch plywood sides with two by fours and plywood on top, multiple layers of plywood. But like maybe there's a way, and this might be like very far in the future, where we send like thinner sides that are made of like a different material. And maybe then the whole packaging is not like a giant four by eight pallet that only a forklift can move, but maybe it's like a nice little box that you can just pick up. Like find finding like lighter weight but strong alternatives to the things that we're building. Yeah. Um, like making it all thing. more sustainable in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's kind of at the back of my mind. Um, also like figuring out ways to make things interchange or, or like kind of snap together and complement. Oh, like making it modular. Yeah. Yeah. Like we make boxes, we make rails, we make kickers and wedges and all these things. It's like, they should have a way that they like snap together. And, and yeah. we kind of try to do it now. I mean, we make a lot of things 10 inches because that's a nice sort of like beginner to intermediate height. Yeah. So everything's 10. So we'll say, yeah, buy our wedge and buy our box and buy our rail. They're all 10. So, you know, you can like ride up on the wedge, go across the rail, get onto the box. It's all the same height. But I, I think it'd be cool to have things where you know, they have like really cool tongues and grooves and things where they snap together and fold and things like, I would love to make it where, you know, we have six or seven obstacles that could fit in somebody's like Corolla. Wow. You know, like stuff like that, make make it super portable, super modular, like 
that that's where I want like the future of the company to be. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too, like we like to, we want to be able to sell to skate shops, but they're always like, we, you know, you know, we rent this little 500 square foot, like storefront. We don't have room for big ramps. Yeah. But, like, you gotta, gotta figure out a way to make it smaller and easier for them to move around so we can like open up the marketplace. And then another thing, like one day, you know, we're making these kits right now. Everything comes flat packed. The customer gets it, puts it together, much like a, like Ikea furniture. Yeah. And, and the thing in my brain is like, you can go to Home Depot and buy a, a picnic, picnic bench like that, right? Like you can mm-hmm. like, it's all pre-cut and has all the hardware and you put together a picnic bench. And it's like, why, why can't our stuff be in Home Depot? Like one day, like one day I want that. Like yeah. I, I want to like see my at least like one or two of my bread and butter things like on a Home Depot shelf or a Costco shelf. Dude, so, so yeah. That, that's what I mean when I feel like I'm I'm barely scratching the surface. Like there's so many more things. Yeah. And it's so cool to hear that coming from a shop out of Long Beach, right? Like it's not like you're like sending this like outside of the US and this, that, and this. It's like you're like, I don't know, like you're, you are in a place so close to home, just engineering this and putting this together. And I don't know. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything is made here. Uh, we have a CNC in the back that's cutting out all of like the transition sides and pre-drilling everything and doing all the countersinks. And it's like, you know, our guy operates that we cut all the two by fours by hand. Um, you know, we, we package it like the, the only things really being made overseas, we are doing a batch of rails of flat bars. Oh yeah. That so makes sense. We have some of those being made overseas. Um, some of, most of our metal now is like American steel every now and again, it's from Thailand. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're like all about supporting our little local economy. Like we get our screen printing done from a company, not, not too far down the street. Um, then we get our steel actually just on the other side of the freeway. They're a long beach based business. Uh, yeah, we, we just like try to support other people in long beach and or skateboarding as much yeah. as we can. So like our vinyl stickers are from this dude Durso who I know who like lives in like Elsinore and he's like a skate photographer and he has this little like vinyl company called Hayes Custom Vinyls. And um and you know we use him because it's like I want to I want to always try to keep it in the family of skateboarding. Yeah. Cuz like it's just easier that way too, you know. Then you don't have to like do research of like who makes the best vinyl or who makes the yeah. best t-shirts. It's like I want to always be able to like point to just like a homie who does it. And I love, I love that too, because it's like, that almost reminds me of another chapter of your story that you told where when you had to incorporate the business, you had people close to your family that had kind of been there and done that. And I think that everybody has somebody that they know that they can hit up. And I think there's something really cool about scaling with the homies. And like, as you come up, like all of that, like, It's really cool to be able to make like, that's what I respect when I hear this is you followed your passion, you built something, and now it's successful enough where you can make an impact on your community and your friends and your city of like, you're, you're adding to it, you're adding good and you're adding jobs and you're adding this like bit off of something that you love. And that's something that you don't like, people can sell out on that and people can go down the cheapest route. So I think that that's sick that not only have you done it and scaled it, you've been able to keep that 
within the family and within skate culture. And like, it just feels so damn authentic. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, that's yeah. always like been really important to me is just like support those, like, like we're all a part of some family in one way or another, right. Whether it's like our local community or like our hobby or, or our actual family or like friends of friends, it's like, you know, we should all try to like help each other out as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Another thing that I noticed about the company now that you're doing that I think is great is I think that it could almost be a challenge. Like I imagine myself being like a marketing or like a digital marketing person being like, all right, how do I brand a ramp company? How do I post digital content and it not just be a bunch of photos, whatever. And watching what you guys are doing with YouTube is so fun. And again, it just feels like one of these things that's like, organic and authentic and it's like such a no-brainer but at the same time i'm just like this is brilliant and perfect like it doesn't feel clickbaity trash youtube but like you the challenge of you trying to build an entire quarter pipe in an hour and like (laughs) just like the vlog style like it's just it's so relevant yet so authentic and i'm so curious like of all the things that you have to do how do you have like how do you still have that touch of just like the no-brainer authentic content? Um, so with YouTube, let's see. There was this guy, Dan Corrigan, who who like films all our YouTube and is kind yeah. of like the face of it. Yeah. He worked for me. I met him years ago at Cherry Skate Park. And I was just like, I like this dude. Just something about him. Like he's very charismatic. He's funny. Uh, I was like, I just like, like this dude. And at the time, several years ago, I kind of offered him a job because he was like, oh, I worked in, um, I worked for like an asphalt company and a flooring company. I was a foreman, this, that. And I was like, do you want to work for me? And he was like, nah, like, I'm good. <laughs> like, he just like had some other shit going. I don't know what he was doing, but he was like, nah, I'm good. And then we kind of reconnected and he reached out and was like, you know, I'd love to work for Keen Ramps. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's try you out. And he honestly like wasn't the best employee. No offense, Funny. Dan. Just, just like, you know, uh, as far as like speed of building things and like, uh, mechanical inclinations, like it was good, but just like, you know, he struggled a little bit and, um, and I knew that he like, wasn't going to work in that capacity for a long time. And one of our other friends, Dale Decker, uh, is, you know, making a living off YouTube. He posts videos about different things. He goes to skate parks. He, debunks things does trick tip tutorials that sort of thing yeah uh, and he always has dan in his videos and everyone's like dude dan is a character he's hilarious. yeah he is like, so everyone's been like on dan like make a channel make a channel like you have to make a channel so he finally did it and then once he did it i was like do you want to make videos for keen ramps and he's wow. like yeah i'd love to i was like okay like after the holidays, like after we're, we're done with like our busy, like holiday rush season and we don't really need extra hands in the shop uh, building, I was like, how about you don't work in the shop anymore and you just make us like two YouTube videos a week? And he's like, I'm down, done. So we've been doing that. So it's basically since like New Year's or a little before, I think we actually started it maybe in December. Yeah. Uh, so so well, we're like... Two months and some change into it. 
Now it's like, let's make this super engaging. Let's have it be like, you know, every Tuesday, every Friday, like there's a new video. Yeah. And like, let's have like, kind of like series, like consistent series of like how to build something for free or like, um, you know, will it skate kind of thing. Like eventually we want to get to, to that, like where we find some sort of inanimate object and make it skatable, like stuff oh like that, God. like old, old school, like fuel TV built to shred kind of vibes. Like yeah. I want to get, get our videos in, in that kind of realm. Um, so, so yeah, starting this process, long story short, basically like Dan just sort of fell in my lap and is just this hilarious person. And that's he, so like, great. and he like loves filming and he loves like being on camera and he like is super quick and good at editing. And so he's making us these videos. And so That's we've crazy. just had a lot of fun with it. You know, like we come up with these different concepts and we just kind of like feed off of each other's energy and we'll be like, yeah, let's do this. And then, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Let's, uh, okay. Let's skate a boat. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's try to break a record. Let's make like a me like a foam pit out of old mattresses or like th- those are some of our future ideas, but I love um, this. I'm so excited. Yeah. So what a great like, time to subscribe. Wow. Yeah. That that's actually one we're talking about. It's like a, a free uh foam pit, like a ghetto free foam pit. Yeah. So not not to like spoiler it too much, but we want to make some type of big launch. And then we're gonna just have a sea of nasty down used mattresses. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then maybe like maybe cover them in plastic and then you know, where like not maybe diseased. Some, yeah. yeah, maybe wear like the Breaking Bad suit and then, you yeah. know, jump off and like go into the mattresses. That's so, amazing. So stuff like that. Like we want to have fun doing it. And we, and then we also want to give like relevant content. So that's why we've been doing all the, uh, you know, how to build stuff for free. So yeah. like the box one, box one's a no brainer. It's like find pallets, put plywood, find angle iron, bed frames that are free on Craigslist or whatever. Yeah. Slap it on there, like done. And it's yeah. like, if we give people that content, they're going to be so stoked that eventually they're going to want to be a customer. Yep. So it's like, it, it's like a win-win for everybody. Like we're giving knowledge away to show people how to make things for either free or very, very cheap. And then at the same time, we're, you know, making people like want, like crave our content yeah. and follow our brand more closely and then it's going to be like, okay, like even if we lost out on some sales from giving away like this knowledge of how to build things, it's like, say, say we lose out on like 20 potential orders where since someone saw that content, but it's like, now we might have like, you know, 200 new orders of all those new eyeballs. So it's yeah. like, let's, let's give that information away all day. I think that that's it. And it also shows so much confidence in, in your brand to say like, yeah, like we'll show you the sauce. Like, that's fine. Like, we'll show you how to build this. We'll show you how to do this for free because you're like, you're showing like, we are so good at what we do that it's not a big deal to show you how to do this. And of course, a Keen Ramps box is going to be better than a palette one that you throw together. So it's like, this'll do for the time being while you're getting your money right. And then Mm -hmm. come buy one from us later. Like skate that and understand what it's like to skate the shitty free one or the as good as it can be free one. And then you'll appreciate skating the proper one even more. Like it's just cool. And at the Uh, same time, how many employees do you have now? uh, Let's see. Eight. 
eight or nine. Wow. Well, if, if you consider Dan, yeah, Dan's still an employee. He's making us YouTube videos. So, so yeah, like nine. That's fucking me, crazy. Me being, me being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nuts. That's like, that's very, very real. Y'all did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's days where like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the shop and I'm like, oh, there's this getting delivered and this guy's building this and the electrician's here. And, and like, a, like two different customers are here waiting to pick things up. And then like all the guys are running around and like all this is happening and I'll, I'll just kind of like stop and look around and, and feel sort of uncomfortable, but also like be really stoked at the same time. Just like, yeah. I can't believe that like, this is all, this is all like because of the company, you know, like it's crazy yeah. to, to just see it have like its own legs where like, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than me as yeah. cliche yeah, as like that you're, sound. you're watching like, it operate externally yeah. and it's still going and you're like, Oh, crazy. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, I, I love, you know, like randomly seeing somebody have our ramp, like, yeah. you know, sometimes people that I follow that I'm fans of buy our stuff and I didn't even know it. And then I'll go like, see them on Instagram and I'm like, no way. Like PJ lad bought one of our flat bars. Like that's nuts. <laughs> Wow. Like, stuff, like stuff like that. Um, so that's really cool. Or, or seeing somebody like wear our t-shirt and like be proud of it. You know, like yeah. I saw, I saw that on an Instagram story where it was like a father son, like they bought our merchandise and like merchandise is a new thing for us. Like we used to not really like push it. And now we started making like t-shirts and hats and beanies and like seeing people wear it and like be proud of it. Like father son together, like, like, wow, that's, that's strange, but like, it feels really good. So I guess to kind of conclude it, the, yeah. the thing where I would like, where I'm curious, and maybe you've touched on it, but here you are, you've in a sense made it. Obviously there's so much more to go, but you've gotten to a spot where you've made something so real. And like we were talking about chasing passion, you've proven it what would your advice be to somebody that's right at that tipping point of like you're fired from your government job or you're at your back to the drawing board and you can chase passion or you can go down a route like at that like most pivotal moment like what do you wish you could have heard sooner ooh that's a good one um i guess a big one would be not to put so much pressure on it. You know, I, I feel like I was always in that, that tipping point moment where it's like, do I get, just get a full-time job or do I go for this? I wish somebody would have told me like, you know, like it's, it's going to be okay. Like hang on, it's going to be a wild ride, but like, like trust that you will make this work as long as you have it in your heart that like you really, really want that. And that matters more than, than anything like you'll get it, you know? So it's like, you, you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you have to be okay with the sacrifices. And then another thing is that, um, it's okay. I, I heard recently it was a commercial on the Super Bowl. I forget what it was for, but they said basically instead of nine to five, they said something about the five to nine. And it might've been Squarespace about like making your own website. Okay. I think that's what it was. But I love that because it's like so many people 
they, they're they like so one-dimensional about thinking of a job or a, a career. It's like, yeah, the nine to five. And it's like, nah, like a lot of stuff is going to happen outside of that. And I loved that somebody promoted the the five to nine because it's yeah. like, that's when, that's when you're building your business. And, and like, don't get bummed out on that. I feel like a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, like I'm working at 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, yeah, but you're working on what you want to work on. And like, you shouldn't be bummed about that. Like you shouldn't complain to your girlfriend of like, you know, how overworked and tired and stressed you are. It's like, you're choosing this and it's towards something that you really, really want. And if you, if, and when you get it, like you're going to be so stoked that you had all those like late nights and like you put in all that extra time. It's just like, it's like anything, you know, the, the, the water or the grass is always greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you give a lot of time and energy and focus, like it's going to work. And I, I wish somebody like along the way would have, would have told me that, you know, like it's okay to put in all this time. It's okay to have like sleepless nights. It's okay. Like I, yeah, I, always, like, I always that doesn't guilty. make you like a failure. That doesn't make you like slow or bad at the process. Yeah. Like, that's just part of it. Yeah. I always, I always felt like just an insane amount of guilt for like my friends and family and, and like from all the sacrifices that I was making. And I felt like I needed to be pulled in different directions, but I, I wish I would have been more so okay with the decisions that I was making and trusting that they were the right decisions at that time, you know, cause it's like in the grand scheme to think scheme of things, like most of us are going to live to like, 65, 70, 80, 90 years old or whatever it might be. It's like, if you had two or three years where you did nothing else, but focus on building a business, whatever, it's just yeah. two or three years. Like you have yeah. plenty of other time. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's like the people around you that are close, they'll understand if you just let them know like, Hey, disclaimer, I'm going to be kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to head under a rock for a little bit. Like, you know, check in on me, please bug me when you want to bug me, make sure I see you, but like, I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. Like that. No, that's, that's so cool. And I, I love that perspective of like, when you look at a whole lifetime, a couple of years, isn't anything. But no. like for me, I got real bad with that. Like 30 became this insanely significant thing. Like uh-huh. I was like, like, it's just all of a sudden you're like that number shift and you're like, am I a failure? I haven't made it yet. And it's like, whatever. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe somebody did it by 25 or 27 or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, that's still okay. It's not because you just hit that number. You've all yeah. of a sudden failed. You still have your whole lifetime. That and, one. And everybody's really process is so different. Like, like those benchmarks and those like age indicators of like when things are supposed to happen. Like none of that matters at all. I recently listened to an audiobook by the guy who started Home Depot. He didn't start Home Depot till he was like 49. Really? Yeah. He like worked for some other company that was like a, it was called Handy Dan's and he like became the vice president of it. And like him and this other guy that he worked with, they got laid off. There was some merger and they got totally boned. And then they were like, uh, let's do our own thing. And they were, you know, far along in life, like had mortgages and houses and wives and kids. 
and they like relocated to Atlanta and they started Home Depot like at very late in life. And then I heard that too about the guy who started KFC. He was like 50 or something. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple. There are a couple of those people that have started crazy things so much later in life. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's no rule. You don't have to be like this entrepreneur in your early 20s. You don't, you know, you don't have to be like any certain age. It doesn't matter. Like whenever, whenever it works for you, if you're, if you're in high school and you're disciplined enough to like, make some shit happen, then do it. Yeah. And then if you want to like get your rocks off and dick off and party till you're like late twenties, if, if that's like your path and you know that you'll be able to come back to it and hunker down and make some shit happen, then whatever. Like, yeah. you know, everyone's journey is so different. And like, I feel like we all have this issue where we like to compare ourselves and, you know, look on Instagram and get all bummed out about this person has this. And I don't, like I'm sad. It's yeah. like, like all of us need to get away from that. We all just need to like be happy for others and just be content with us. Yeah. Dude, like, I, I, even so like what awkward. you just said with that, I love your thing of, of be down and hype on even the bad days when you're like, dude, like I, I got to do this today. And even yeah, though it was right? a bad day, I can learn something like really just enjoying the process for the process. That's where the magic's yeah. at, huh? Yeah, I'd say so, definitely. Yeah. Dude, what a what a crazy podcast. Like again, I anybody that Ben says is good people, that's it. Like that you say less, we're good. But I'm, I'm kind of the same with, with Ben. Like, yeah. like, oh, you want to do some some overseas trading? This is your dude. And like yeah. I didn't even look him up or anything. I'm just like, yeah, I, I trust that that's a good dude because Ben said so. Yep. Or if Ben's like, this guy should do your taxes, I'll be like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you said, you said yeah. so. Yeah, he's just so, one of those insanely credible people. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, look at this conversation. Like, thank you so much. Like, I loved this. And it was so insightful and so cool to hear everything you went through. And I, I don't think that I've had anyone on that's explained that middle part of the journey so well yet had such a positive outlook and been so appreciative of it. Right. Like when I ask you, I'm like, is it worth it? You're like, yeah, dude, like, look at this, look at what challenges I get to face. Like, that's so sick. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely like in, in hindsight though, because when I was going through that middle ground, I was, I was stressing, like, you know, I, I didn't, it was like every other day, one day I was like, I should just get a job fuck it. I'm over this. I'm over. At one point I did, I got a part-time job. Wow. Like I was so fed up with everything and I know I needed to disconnect. So I got a part-time job working for the city of Santa Monica. So two days a week I would go out to Santa Monica and I worked for their, their planning division and ran this program called safe routes to school. And like, not a lot of, like, not a lot of people know that, that I did that because I was kind of like, if, if, if people know that I'm doing this, they're going to think like my company's not doing well, but it was honestly kind of for like my own sanity. Like I, I was too, too deep in skateboarding and work. And it just like, it wasn't fun anymore. Like I would go to the skate park and just skate for like 10 minutes and, you know, run into people that I like was doing business with and then like see kids that were at contests that I did. And it, it was just like, everything was too intermingled. And I was just like, yeah, it lost its spark. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I need separation. So like I, I got this part-time job and I did that and, and it worked out well, you know, it was, it was good because I didn't have to like rely on the income from my business as much. It helped me, um, you know, just, just have like a time to disconnect and like not be at the shop all day, every day, because when, when I don't have other obligations, I will spend all day here. Yes. Like it happened yeah. recently. Like my, my <laughs> wife did something with her friends and uh, she texted me at like 1030 and she was like, where are you? I was like, I'm still at the shop. It's like, why? I was like, cause you're hanging out with your friends. It's like, if yeah. I have, if I have yeah. Job, like, it's like, yeah, you give yeah. a dog food and it'll just keep eating kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if, if I have the, the option to be here all the time and no one in my life is telling me not to be here, like, yeah. I'll be here the whole time. Which speaks to your passion, but it's also like that's sometimes the hardest thing to just turn off and and understand that balance. But that's also cool that you share that of like, even in that middle ground where you could objectively say that it was a real company and successful, you still went and did something else. Like, I, I just really respect when people share things like that because it's so easy to think that it's all just rad and that it's all just like, I followed my passion and every day yeah. I was living the dream ever since. And it's like, nah, like it's, it's only when you look back later to be like the BS was worth it. Like that's such a cool lesson definitely. to hear firsthand. Yeah, definitely. There was many of times where like, you know, like sleepless nights and like freaking ripping my hair out and like breaking down rage fits, like whatever, so many different times where I just like lost my shit and it was just like, I don't know if I made the right decision. Um, but you know, looking back, I'm like, it was all so worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like now, heck yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm super eternally grateful. That's so sick. No, like for real. And I'm, I'm so honored to hear that story and that you were down to share it. Cause I, I feel like that will really help people like hearing that and like keep going with what they are passionate about which is the whole point of this. So yeah. And it's like, if, if you need a break, take a break. That's another thing too. It's like, if you're burnt, like embrace the fact that you're burnt and, and get your head right. You know, if, if you want to like check out and get another job and go like wait tables in the interim of like regaining your motivation or finding your passion again, like that's totally fine. You know, there's no, there's no wrong way to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so sick. God, and you are just a Buddha of that. <laughs> like, damn, damn. Yeah, it's oh. kind of weird. Like, this is all strange to me because I, I don't like give advice very much. And these are, everything I'm saying is just stuff that's usually just in my head, you know, yeah. that's just looping to keep me motivated and keep me sane. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of fun to like hear it out loud. No, I know for real. And it, it's also nice. Like something that I love about the podcast is it forces you to take an hour and to just like have that perspective and to look at the whole process and to talk about the process and every bit of it because it makes you a little more present of where you're at right now and it's like you can like i i'm so bad at it where it's just as soon as one thing's done it's on to the next on to the next on to the next on to the next so it's like to stop for a second and just talk about the process and and what you've learned and say it out loud with no distractions kind of cements it a little more for yourself yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that. cool. 
Well, damn, dude, this was truly an honor. Uh, where should everybody follow you or find you or keep up with the brand? Obviously, we talked about the YouTube, but what's the best yeah, spot yeah. to find it all? Um, Instagram, uh, at Keen Ramps. Uh, my personal is at Corey, letter D, Keen, Corey with no E. Uh, that's kind of mostly personal. It's like skating, maybe some trips, maybe some cats, maybe some wife, family, but it's lately it's been a lot of like business stuff. It's been all the behind the scenes of um, building out this new shop because we moved Ooh. a week ago. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. For the, for the last three months, I, I, I bought a building and I like renovated the shit out of it. Like, like tore it down to like just bare studs, like all new plumbing, electrical, uh, redid the offices, like recess lights, like, you know, drywall, cut a hole in the back, like redid like, everything built a thousand square foot metal building like new fences security cameras this that so so like there's a highlight reel of the max number cool. on will you on, have like a little like mini skate park there too or like do you have a spot uh, where y'all can skate you have a spot we're gonna set up a mini ramp actually right before i, I got on this with you i was uh i was clearing out the area yeah uh, so I'm, I'm getting excited for that and then we have like a few ramps here, like little quarter pipes and like boxes. And then we're going to get like a big long flat bar made. And eventually, you know, when the world opens back up, we plan on doing things here. Uh, nice. Workshop, workshops, demos, maybe like uh, video premieres for other skate companies or like just whatever, you know, try to make Same. it sort of like a, a light venue as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so Instagram, uh, where else are we? We're on Facebook, not very active on it. Um, same with TikTok. Like we have one, we're not very much on it. It's mostly like Instagram and YouTube. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, our, our website, keenramps.com. Um, we do some blog posts every now and again. If you want to sign up for our, uh, our newsletter, we send out a newsletter every Friday with just like updates of like new videos or promo codes. You know, we try not to like flood people's inboxes too much. So just every Friday email nice. goes out. Um, I mean, that says it, man. Dude, again, thank you so, so much. This was like above and beyond. Like I always will trust Ben, but this was such a great conversation and one that I'm so happy, like personally, like I got so much out of it. And I, I really think that listeners, like even if they're coming from a spot of being mostly in music, like the lessons are all the same. And yeah, this was just really cool. So thank you. Dude, thanks for having me and thanks for taking all the time and letting me uh, have a little break in the middle. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it's it's truly an honor, especially like talking to people that really like have these busy days and do so much. And like, I can't believe you gave an hour or two. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's an honor. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs>